our fire system is perfect. It's just that there's this one bad operator. And if we find all the bad operators and get them out, then it's going to work fine. This is the Wildland Fire Lessons Learned Center podcast. I'm Alex Victoria, Assistant Center Director of the Wildland Fire Lessons Learned Center here in sunny Tucson, Arizona. That was Travis Dotson, Lessons Learned Center Analyst, describing what we're going to chat with you about today. Bad apples. No, this isn't a discussion about fruits and vegetables. It's a discussion about how we sometimes make sense of bad outcomes. Stay tuned. The term bad apples is part of an old proverb. One bad apple spoils the bunch. The meaning here is simple. One bad fruit can ruin a bunch of fruit. For our purposes, the meaning of the term bad apple has changed over the years and separated itself from this old metaphor about fruit. In the world of safety and risk management, we look to Sidney Decker's definition and use of the term in his book, The Field Guide to Human Error. In it, Decker lays out a simple premise. Folks who do work in any particular job might assume that the rules and regulations that govern the work are well-designed, maybe even perfect. According to the bad apple theory of safety, when bad things happen, accidents and tragedies, it's due to the bad apples involved in the event. And it's presumed that these bad apples are somehow different from the others working in the system, from the rest of us. According to the bad apple theory, the problem begins and ends with these bad apples. The rules, regulations, and cultural norms that govern what real work looks like? Nothing to see here, folks. Let's get to it now with Travis Dotson. Sorry, folks, you got me again, but you get Britt. Yep, I'm Britt. Uh, Britt Rosso. I'm the director of Lesson Learned Center. Why are we talking about bad apples today? Um, because we deal with bad outcomes. A lot of Lessons Learned Center stuff deals with um, bad outcomes and then trying to extract lessons. Mm. One of the things that we, or what we've discovered is that it's harder for people to learn when they use a version of the bad apple theory, mm-hmm. basically, well, yeah, the, they got hurt falling that tree, but it's because they're a bad sawyer or yeah, they were overrun by fire, but It's because they're not a good engine captain. That perspective, what that does is it lets the person off the hook, the person that didn't go through it with, you know, they can read the report and say, oh, well, here's they made this mistake and this mistake and this mistake. And I would never make those mistakes. Therefore, I'm okay. They're a bad firefighter. End of lesson. It's not really a lesson. They they haven't really learned anything. And that's why I think we hit this so hard is because it gets in the way of learning. Absolutely. So question why do we, when we look at accident incident reports, look for the mistakes that were made? Why do we consciously do that? What, rather than looking for the potential lessons that can make us better at what we do? Why do we, is that just normal human being behavior? We're just doing what we saw other people do. Yeah, uh, sure. We're just, it's just, we just mimic. So I think that's, that's a big part of it. Um, and somehow it makes us feel safe. But I think to, to me, the, the, re, the real reason for bad apples, that, that whole discussion, is it, if you get too comfortable with that concept, it starts to be unconscious and you really start to limit 
your your capacity to learn from those around you because you just start putting people in categories bam 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 and and hearing about somebody that you have no connection to that was involved in a bad outcome like an entrapment or a vehicle accident or an escape prescribed fire it's just so easy to just go well based on the outcome bad apple and if you're if you're thinking that way then when you get the report or you hear the stories, you're looking for the the reasons to confirm, you know, you're just you're already looking for it. Confirmation so, bias. Confirm it, yeah. And so then you find it because you're looking for it. Yep. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that? Confirmation so, bias. Confirm it, yeah. Confirmation bias? What is confirmation bias? Here's one definition. The tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories. Whether we know it or not, confirmation bias is one of the many biases that are likely at play when we talk about bad apples. Being aware of these types of biases is part of the battle, especially if you're trying to guard against the trap that is bad apples. Let's get back to Travis and Britt now and a handy metaphor that we've referenced before on the podcast, clocks and clouds. Again, real basic clocks and clouds theory is... Um, famous dead guy, Karl Popper, philosopher, scientist, all this stuff. And he, at one point, divided the world into clocks and clouds. Clocks, you can break down. You can literally envision a diagram of a clock and broken down into all its parts. Clock's not working right. You find the tooth that was rounded mm-hmm. or the um, whatever, the piece that wasn't working right. You fix that one piece, the clock works right again. That's the bad apple theory. Right. Uh, the, the clouds, on the other hand, are you look at a diagram of how a cloud was formed and it's like, oh, there was a mountain range and then there was a stream and then this little pulse of mo- moisture came through and there was solar radiation and, the, you know, the cloud <laughs> built up. But then there was this front that stacked it up and, you know, all of these things make a cloud. And you can't really say um, w- which piece caused the cloud. Right. It's the combination. So you can only describe the whole system. It's like um, conditions. The conditions, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, the, the bad apple theory is the clock mode, which I'm not saying there's not clocks. Of course there's clocks. If the, if, if the Mark III doesn't start, it's gotta, a clock. Got to figure out what's, what's broken, what's yeah. wrong. But humans aren't Mark III's, and a collection of humans certainly aren't Mark III's. <laughs> you know? But the, the, the um, clock is saying, no, the whole system works. There's just a bad part. Right. And that's what bad apples is. Yeah. The, the, our fire system is perfect. It's just that there's this one bad operator. And if we find all the bad operators and get them out, then it's going to work fine. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So the, the way I want to approach this is through prescribed fire. Okay. What were you doing in May of 2000? May of 2000, I was uh, a hotshot suit. So it was probably had a bunch of young kids at the hotshot camp, and we we're starting to build our build our crew for the year. And you were working for the Park Service. I was working for the National Park Service. Yep, in California. So you remember getting the news? Yeah, I remember exactly where I was. When I got the news. I was on our first day off. We had finished our first week, and I got a call from a kid that used to work for me, very animated, and said, "We didn't do it. We didn't do it." Wow. And I had no idea. What he was talking about, other than he was on some little burn somewhere in Region 3, and it wasn't going well. And the next morning at breakfast uh, with my crew after PT, we're sitting there watching the TV, and I looked up from my my eggs, and all I could see on CNN was 
headlights and a ton of um, Los Alamos being evacuated with a big, huge header in the background and figured mm-hmm. that's the one he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I, w- I was probably about as, as, as exact opposite of your position. I was, you were running the hotshot crew. I was a seasonal on a hotshot crew. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, what eventually happens for those that weren't around and didn't know that the fire goes over the hill, literally goes down into the community of Los Alamos and wipes out neighborhoods. Uh, almost 240 homes. Yeah. Um, just destruction and it threatens a national laboratory and that national laboratory is famous for its nuclear program yep nuclear yep yeah so big deal big bad deal um 18,000 people evacuated you know um yeah just like center of all media yeah for those that weren't around fighting fire in 2000 it was yeah, that's all anybody could talk about. There was a moratorium on burning. Yep. That wow. stopped us. Our, I can't remember if it was all agencies or just the Park Service, but we, yeah, we, we stopped prescribed burning for quite a while. Yeah. Had to go through. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine an event this t- at today. today that would just go like, all right, stop burning. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that were just like, oh, man, who were those knuckleheads? Sure. Who was it that lit it? Like, Besides, not... Not who was it, the Park Service. No, who individually. So that's interesting because initially, right off the bat, it, the, the bad apple was an agency. Yeah. Right? yeah. So we made, we made uh, many folks made the agency the bad apple. And now we want to drill a little deeper. Okay, well, who inside? Yeah. What individuals? All right. Um, so the original Burn Boss transition, crazy timing, a crew that... that that had to go down the hill on its unexpectedly. So, and then they couldn't get the contingency resources, all those kinds of things, which you can go and read about the eventual type three IC said, Hey, let me take this as the burn boss. And so they made him the burn boss and he eventually made the recommendation, um, based on the fact that they weren't catching this one slop and they needed some resources. And so he said, yeah, I think we need to convert it. They all had a little chat. They converted it. That, uh, that individual, um, took over as IC three and, um, right away, had to make a decision about going direct or indirect. Made a decision, went with it. <clears throat> Still went over the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, here's the big payoff. Who was the Type Three IC at Cerro Grande? It was Paul Gleason. Paul Gleason. Why do we know that name? Why do we know Paul Gleason? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember hearing that Paul Gleason was there? Eventually. It, it it was quite a while because it was a busy fire season. And yeah. Initially, it was I or what I remember from eighteen years ago was I heard he was there. It's like, wow, he was there. And then as you hear a little bit more, it's like, well, he wasn't only there. Yeah. He ended up uh, transitioning as the burn boss and then uh, becoming the type three IC uh, when they converted it until the team arrived and, yeah. and managed the incident. And then you get a little another piece and a little another piece of info. One of the last descriptors I would ever use for Paul Gleason would be Bad Apple. <laughs> well, that's the whole point of this chat, right? It's just like it kind of for me it 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 shot my it shot my theory. Like just right then and there. I mean, I went on to use the Bad Apple theory, and I still do. I catch myself with it, but at the time, I remember. I literally remember when I heard it. I literally was like, 
like another dude named Paul Gleason? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it can't be the one we know. Yeah, it's not not not, not the LCES guy. No, can't you be know? that guy. Not the guy that was on the Luke fire. Not no, not the same guy that was on the dude fire. No, no, not that Paul Gleason. No, yeah, because I mean. Not the father of Elsie, yes. No, no, yeah. It must be some, it's kind of a a common name, right? Right. Um, Yeah. And and then eventually, um, doing that staff ride, I got to see, I got to witness a lot of people struggling with that same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we used to do the staff ride twice a year, and there was a lot of uh, talk about the, the failings of, of the decision makers mm-hmm. and um, especially w- if we let it go that far um, this decision about direct or indirect by the IC3 um, which was outside of the scope of what we were talking about but it was so juicy that people would want to go there yeah. and then just be like it's those damn parkies wanting to finish their burn right that's why they you know rather than cut it off take it to the road yeah why would why did they want to bring it down the sides and you know the line that was already there for their prescribed fire, even though they had just converted it, why did they use that rather than, hey, man, this cat's out of the bag. Let's go direct and pick this thing up um, super small. That's the the right thing to do mm. is the way it was viewed. And people would get pretty animated about it. Mm. And then you drop the bomb. <laughs> so you think that Type 3 IC screwed up? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's Paul Gleason. You're saying that that, Paul Gleason made this enormous tactical error. And it was the same thing. Kind of like, like, like the Paul Gleason? (laughs) 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 Which as an instructor, it was always great, you know, to to have that that moment. But um, but, Paul Paul had, correct if I'm wrong, I haven't had the opportunity to be on, on the staff right there, but Paul had two one for sure, maybe two Forest Service shot crews there by that time when they were discuss- yeah. when yeah. they were going to decide whether to uh, go under slung. Yeah, off or- yeah. Um, and there was some consultation with those soups, if I remember right. For sure. I mean, Santa Fe was already up on the hill, and um, and you talked to other people there, and they're just like, <laughs> going direct wasn't an option. Yeah. You know, that just it, and and you know, and I think about it. It, it did involve underslung, and we have a video that, that, that where Paul Gleason talks about his decision. Well, he talks about the whole thing, but specifically about that decision. And he, he says, yeah, we were worried about the perception that we were just trying to finish the burn. Um, and he tells this super personal story about um, a previous fire and, uh, and one of his squad bosses getting smacked by a tree uh, doing underslung line, and, and he had always just had a bad taste in his mouth, yeah. you know, and who likes underslung line anyway? You oh. know what I mean? Like who, who says, yeah, underslung, Yay. you know? <laughs> um, it's just, um, especially in timber. Yeah. Especially in timber. It's, it's just a pain in the ass. Pain in the ass and a low probability of success. Um, and there's already line in. Right. Like who doesn't go with line that's already in? Straight line down to the road. Let fill it in. Yeah. Done. Um, and so, yeah, tactically, it doesn't take long to get to a place where it's like, okay, I can, I can see that, um, you know, and, and of course, nobody there thought about the, even the possibility of, oh, this, if, if we don't catch this, it's going to burn down over the hill, downhill, run into, you know, out on these mesas and into Los Alamos. Right. Like it just, right. <laughs> it just doesn't even really make sense. Um, but it did it. Um, and so anyway, the whole point of this is, is that 
here's this this fire legend and and he was he was the one he was the that traditionally that's where we would target a lot of the 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 bad apple mm. and for me at the time the only reason i couldn't do that was because it was paul gleason he was the pinnacle of his game you know the pinnacle of his career um from all the things he had experienced done done for us done for the fire service Student of fire. Where do we get that term? Yeah. Um, yeah. Student of fire. Student, the term student of fire. Like Paul Gleason. Paul Gleason. Imagine that, you know. So are we saying it's easier to put the label of bad apple on some people and harder to put the label on others just by who they are and what they've done? Okay. That's a great question. When you're close, when you know the person, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's harder to apply the bad apple theory. For the same reasons, like I had this enormous respect for Paul Gleason, and I'd never met him. Yeah, it was just he was just somebody that you respect mm-hmm. because he's super badass in all the ways that we chart badassery <laughs> in the fire service. <laughs> but anyway, it's just it, and and the same thing happens when it's somebody you know personally, yeah. and then they're in the bad thing. Um, and I think we've each had some experiences with that, mm-hmm. um, where. Especially when you start seeing other people use the bad apple theory and directing it at people that you know yeah. and you have worked with and you don't share that opinion of. If you say, no, man, they, they were solid. They were a super solid operator. You don't understand. And, I mean, it gets to, like, fighting words kind of. Like, yeah. I get super <clears throat> defensive when, when people are throwing rocks at my bros that happen to be in some situation that, that didn't turn out well yeah you know it's it's hard because it feels personal yep because you know them it is personal yeah i mean i'll, I'll go direct with you like at you you had somebody at south canyon right mm-hmm. yep roger roth did, did you have that experience did you you know was it harder to to write it off as just bad firefighters oh absolutely roger roth a friend of mine worked with me in 1989 on on the hotshot crew, uh, moved on, wanted to become a jumper. Um, eventually got picked up at, uh, McCall and just by luck of the jump list and happenstance, ended up at South Canyon on July 6th and down in the hole instead of up on the ridge. And, uh, we lost him there with 13 other firefighters that day. And I can remember back then, you know, first hearing about the incident, and then eventually, a couple of days later, finding out that Roger was one of the one of the ones we lost, and it made it much more difficult for me to understand how that could have happened because Roger's a squirt away firefighter mm-hmm. and a great human being. He's not a bad apple. Yeah, he wasn't, and never will be a bad apple in my eye. And and so, how did that happen to a good apple? I. And then sometimes you find yourself when people back then, maybe even to this day, when we do the South Canyon staff ride, get a little pointy on, well, what were they really doing down there? Mm-hmm. There's, there's no values at risk. What were they doing trying to say, well, that gamble oak and this and that? It's like, whoa, whoa. You know, it puts me on the defensive because mm-hmm. I lost a bro there. Mm-hmm. So that gets to your, whether it's theory or concept of the, you know, the, whether it's bullseye or how close you are. Mm-hmm. If you know someone, it's a lot harder to put them in that basket. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you worked with somebody on the district and, and you, you're both, you're on different engines, same district, 
and you work together every day and maybe even you switch trucks here and there whatever and you know these folks right yeah um you got your engine set up the same and um and it's just you know and um on your day off there's a there's a fire the other truck rolls and those folks don't come back um you're gonna you're gonna have a it's gonna be much harder for you to say well it's just bad firefighters it's just bad bad operators right um and the further you are away from it you know that same engine that doesn't come back if you're on the other side of the country and you have zero connection to them it's really easy to write them off as bad firefighters yep um and the the concentric rings the the proximity to or away from the center of that incident yeah and your your emotional tie and your ability to see um you know to have any sort of compassion for for the the dynamic situation that it that it had to have been yeah Um, and i think a lot of people experience that when it when it's somebody close to them that um gets in a bad spot um and it's just, and, and so what I'm, what I think we're trying to do with this is, is use that same concept, but at this grand scale, right? Like we all, here's Paul Gleason, the one, the, <laughs> the name, the personality that we feel like we all know. Um, it's really hard to put him in the bad apple um, category. Don't we have like some kind of Paul Gleason award or yeah, something exactly. like that? Even <laughs> that person? And I actually think there's, there's multiple firefighters today that, um, that is almost the only way they know Paul Gleason from the. Is the leadership award? The, yeah, Paul Gleason Lead by Example Award. Yep. Um, that's quite possible. If you've been in fire for the last three, five, seven, yeah, ten years, that that, that might be the extent of, of how you really understand that. Well, Even that, if you use LCES every time you go in a fire, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Um, and you know, whatever. That's just that's that's not bad or good. No, that's just that's just how things go. But. Um, yeah, that whole um, proximity and, 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 and so it's trying to – I think we're trying to move people in because what happens is when something bad happens to those close to us, we, we approach the learning from such a different perspective. We're like, oh, man, I really need to know. I need to know. I need to figure this out because it doesn't make sense how Roger could end up in that spot. It doesn't make sense how my you know, my um, sister engine could could end up in this spot it doesn't make sense i have to study it i have to figure it out there's got to be something you know what i mean what a different approach how it's like you're thirsty for learning at Mm. that point yeah you got to figure it out yeah um and you want to know all the nuances and 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 you're trying to make sense of it given these competing notions you know that engine captain that i that i knew that i worked with every day she was amazing she was a good firefighter and she didn't come home. How do I make sense of those? Mm-hmm. Because my previous uh, understanding is if you don't come home, you're a bad firefighter. Right. And even if we don't say that, that's a lot of times what we use um, or, or it's, the, it's the default. It's, the, it's kind of the old mantra. If you, follow, if you follow the rules, everyone comes home. Yeah. Somebody died. Somebody did something wrong. So if you, if you, if you do everything right. You always come home. Yep. Somebody, you know, our lessons are written in blood. All of that stuff kind of yeah. leads towards somebody died. Somebody did something wrong. Somebody got hurt. Somebody did something wrong. Right. Um, and and so 
But that approach is what we're trying to get is, is when you know somebody and that inquisitiveness and that I got to make sense of this. I got to make sense of this. So so what were they actually seeing when they were headed, headed down? And you, you're much able, much more able to put yourself in their shoes because you knew them. And that's what we're trying to get at is is because that's where the learning happens. You know, and we've seen it on staff rides multiple Absolutely. times where by the time, we, you know, they get to the end and people are, you know, sometimes like on the verge of freaking out just like this could have been me this could have been me yep. this, I, like i i i don't know if i want to do this anymore that's an uncomfortable place to end up yeah um when your I, job is to do it yeah exactly and we've seen it happen on on uh just about every staff ride i've had not with every student but i've definitely had people walk away from cerro grande both as a burn boss, people going, I don't want to be a burn boss. Mm-mm. And agency administrators going, I don't know if I really, if I want to be an agency administrator. Or Esperanza, yeah. people walking away going, I would have been right there. I would have been right there with them. And I, and this morning, I thought there was no way in hell I would be there. What the hell are Forest Service engines doing, you know, halfway down a hill with fire below and protecting some structure right what the hell that's not what we get paid to do that's not our business and by the end of the day they're just like i would have been here yeah and um, they died yeah and we definitely see it at south canyon with crews every year yep yep i would have been i would have been right behind you know the tool in front of me because mm-hmm. that's what i do yep. as i follow the tool in front of me and i i put the tool down in the dirt where they tell me to put the tool down mm-hmm. um and even leaders going yeah I could, I could see making that call. Defaulting to the bad apple theory gets in the way of that kind of learning. And I'm not saying that that kind of realization is the, the measure of all learning. I'm just saying it's, it shows the power of a shifting perspective. Because right. all of a sudden now, all these pieces, I feel like it's like looking at it through a, you know, the paper towel tube. Mm. Looking at the incident through the paper towel tube. And you go there and you hear from people and all that stuff. And now all of a sudden... Like the paper towel tube is gone and your vision is as, <laughs> as wide as it can get. There's, yeah. you, there's no bounds in you because you're just like, wow, um, that's the kind of approach we want just for learning. I think the default is when you're not close to the incident, you don't know anyone there like we're talking about, you, you look for the, 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 the normal thing to do is look for the bad apples. Pick them out. Oh, look, there was two. There was three bad apples, not one. I'm done. And like you said, and we want to reiterate, you don't learn any lessons. There are no, no lessons to extract other than don't be a bad app. Make good decisions all the time. Yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. You don't want to get hit by a tree? Don't make bad cuts. Right. Super simple. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't want to get sprayed in the face with fuel? Don't open the, <laughs> don't open the fuel cap. <laughs> open it slowly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and it's just, I know we hit it time and time again from different angles. Um but I just feel like that that uh, Paul Gleason at Cerro Grande is is one way to kind of check that that bad apple. What if the burn boss I see three at Cerro Grande wasn't Paul Gleason? Oh yeah. Super what if it easy. was Firefighter X? Oh, easy. Easy answer, right? Yeah. Super bad, rotten, that stinky apple. Yeah. Easy. And then and knucklehead then, clown. Yep. And then the learning stopped there. And I wonder with many folks because it was Paul Gleason. And it's much, much, much more difficult for those that know of him or his reputation or what he's done for all of us. 
put them in that bad apple basket. I wonder if there was a little bit more learning because it was Paul Gleason, because people maybe were a little bit more that, willing. That would be so Paul. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so Gleason. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> right. He's like, oh, I know how we can make people students of fire. Watch this. <laughs> not, not intentionally, but just, you know what I mean? Just like the grace or the the, the kind of, you know, the, yeah. the, the way things went with with him and I didn't even know him, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's true. I think that's a, that's a, that's a great um, perspective to put on it. For more on this bad apple discussion, as well as a personal account of the Cerro Grande fire we just talked about, be sure to check out the spring 2018 issue of two more chains. Find it at wildfirelessons.net. Also, check out our blog at wildfirelessons.wordpress.com for a few great pieces on Paul Gleason and one more on bad apples. After the last podcast, we asked folks for postcards. Thanks very much to Nicole for our very first. No, it's not a beach in Hawaii. It's the Sapphire Pool, a thermal spring in Yellowstone. Thanks very much, Nicole. Finally, thanks a ton for your time. Recently, Travis was asked to provide some input for the NWCG course S211, Portable Pumps and Water Use. Travis had one critical observation. Humans aren't Mark 3s, and a collection of humans certainly aren't Mark 3s. <laughs> How do you like them apples, huh? <laughs>